everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast, where we have a very difficult episode. It's the Monday after the Jets were dismantled 36-7 to by the Indianapolis Colts. And as always, you'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined by the president of memes of Jets Twitter. It's NYJ Matt. And we have some very difficult topics that we're going to have to cover today. Mr. Yeah. I mean, we are, I think we are two of the most optimistic Jets fans, even sports fans that you can ask for. And I think we're beaten down. We're, we're really beaten down after yesterday. Um, the thing about the game was, you know, coming into the game, we ended up being 12 and a half point underdogs. You can lose that game. We expected to lose that game. You just want Sam Darnold to, to go out there and play well. And even with, you know, missing his top five receivers, Sam struggled after having, you know, one really great drive. The wheels kind of fell off. And uh, Mike, want to hear your initial thoughts on the game? This is a very unprecedented situation. So a lot of people on Twitter are calling me a uh, Sam defend, like I'm defending Sam with my last dying breath for no reason. It's not the case. I'm a Jets fan. I'm not a Sam Darnold fan. I want the Jets to do well. I would prefer the Jets do well with Sam Darnold because I think it's the the most efficient path to the Jets becoming a good franchise is with Sam Darnold at quarterback. So when you put Sam Darnold in a situation where, again, the top five receivers are out, mm-hmm. the running back Lave Van Bell is out, both tackles are now out. There's nothing, there's nothing to do. The only time the Jets moved the ball in the game on Sunday was in the first half they ran the ball a little bit, or Sam made an incredible play. Right. He's, he is, he's making defenders miss in the backfield. He's throwing himself third and six. He's throwing himself across the, the first down marker for, for a wild first down. He, ha- he evades three defenders and makes a ridiculous throw to Braxton Berrios for a touchdown. Look on the other side of the field. Phil Rivers is standing in a clean pocket. He's throwing wide-open comebacks to professional receivers, T.Y. Hilton and company. He's untouched. He's standing there clean. He's a surgeon. He's moving the ball. They have a, a normal game plan. They're throwing swing passes to Naheem Hines. The Jets are playing a lot of cover two, cover three. They'll throw a swing pass to Naheem Hines. They'll sit down Mo Ali Cox in the middle of the field. They'll run a normal comeback. The Jets have Josh Malone trying to run comeback routes against Xavier Rhodes. What do you think is going to happen? They have Connor McDermott trying to block, you know, DeForest Bunkner, the all pro. What is going to happen? So, you know, when people say Sam is not reading the field well, Sam is not doing this well, it is an impossible situation. It is a team of non-professionals mm-hmm. playing against a, what was coming to the week, the number one defense in football. What do you mm-hmm. expect to happen? Of course, Sam is going to press a little bit, you know, but you, it, football is a fast game. If Sam wants to throw a timing pattern comeback route one time, to his quote-unquote number one receiver, whoever it is this week, it was, you know, in that play was Lawrence Cager, the first pick six of the game. Sometimes you have to just throw a comeback route and hope your receiver's there, and it's not a pick six, you know? Hey, you know, the Darnold tapes on Twitter, I stayed off a lot of Judd's Twitter end of the game yesterday and Monday morning, 
I think it's a time that people debate and they like to have hot takes and they want to be the first one to jump on the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon. All I ask is that you give it time. Mike alluded to it. We wouldn't be reacting so defensive of Sam if he had Perryman, Crowder, Mims, healthy O-line, Le'Veon Bell. If he put up 170 yards per game, three touchdowns and four picks with everyone healthy, we would be more critical of it. What- because, because we came out before the year and said that we think that even though the regular Jets roster is probably not fantastic, that if the defense was okay – and with the actual skill position players that we have, we mm-hmm. said Sam is going to have a good year. So we are accountable for that. And all That's I ask is we play out the year. Is It's too early to be considering the number one overall pick. Jets fans need to realize the strength of schedule is tough, meaning that a tiebreaker doesn't give you the spot over another team you have the same record with. It's So many different things are going to happen from now until the end of the year. Teams that have a, a bad record now might lose their starting quarterback and they're out for the entire year. It's just so many things can happen and everyone can get healthy week five or six. And then Darnold pops off for 300 yards, three touchdowns. Maybe he has a similar game like he did to the Cowboys last year and he came back and changed everyone's minds. You don't want to be the one to jump on Sam Darnold right now. And, and just your mindset should be, let's play out the next quarter of the season. And let's see what Sam does. Right. Me and Mike will get more critical of Sam as he starts either playing worse or will be the ones that said, hey, we told you to pause and wait. There's no reason to jump ship yet. If it's week 17 and we have a healthy team and Sam is still not progressing, that's a huge problem. If you told Jets fans in the summer that Sam Darnold would play a game with his starting receivers as Lawrence Cager, Braxton Berrios, Chris Hogan, Josh Malone, Frank Gore is the running back. If you told him that that happened and that Sam had a bad game, he threw three picks, the fans would jump on the organization and they would jump on Adam Gates. They would not attack Sam Darnold. Clip so it. the fact that they're doing this to Sam now is disingenuous and it's bizarre. I don't know why the people are so inclined to – like if, if anything that you want as a Jets fan this year, it should be for Sam Darnold to play well – for Mekhi Becton to play well, Quinter Williams to play well, hopefully Mims comes back and plays well. Those are like the things that you that should be universally wanted. I don't know what is this animosity towards your guy. He's He was the youngest starting quarterback coming into the league this year, mm-hmm. and you want to jump ship from that, use your potential best asset, so the high first-round pick this year, to take another quarterback. I don't – it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. The reason I'm not as upset with the people jumping off Darnold, I think it's the new cute thing to do. The Jets are going to get the number one overall pick. We're fun to be a disaster. I, I'm i going to wait. I'm not going to let that, that affect me because I truly believe when people start getting healthy, Sam's going to start playing better. The Jets won't have the number one overall pick. Will the Jets have a top 10 pick? Very likely. Top seven pick? Very possible. I don't think they're going to have the number one overall pick come next April. And then all this talk about shitting on your quarterback who – in turn with a healthy team is going to continue to progress. That's what's going to happen. So before we go any further, we need to discuss Adam Gase and the reports that this Thursday game is potentially do or die for his tenure with the Jets. Personally, for me, my biggest frustration with Adam Gase is not being a leader of men and not being a coach that players want to coach or want to play for the X's nose part being 32nd in overall offense consistently killer you can't have that but 
You can make the injury excuse and no quarterback for three games last year. You can make all that excuse. My thing about Gates is he nobody wants to play for him. He's stubborn. He's arrogant. He's risk adverse. He's fine with getting two and three yard runs and make a manageable third down when in the NFL, that's not how you win games now. Throwing the ball more times than you're running the ball in the second half when you're down three scores isn't a recipe for winning. Backwards, yeah. It's just backwards. So at, at the end of the day, me and you said, look, let's give Gates a healthy team and let him run his offense, have an identity. We, if he wasn't a stubborn asshole, we wouldn't be calling for his job this Thursday. But in the event that they lose, he should be gone. These players don't want to play for him. You can't. If all right, if you're an offensive guru and an offensive genius, even with a depleted offense, you still have to elevate those guys to be something. They are nothing every time they step on the field. They've never held a lead for the entire season. That's what I need. If you're an offensive guru and genius. You can't you can't call him that when he can't pr- present anything on the field. Right, and it's not like when the Jets have scored, it's Darnold making some kind of crazy play. Mm-hmm. He makes three guys miss in the backfield and then, you know, throws a, some wild pass to fucking Braxton Berrios. I mean, or, you know, Darnold checks out to a, you know, they throw a, a screen to Crowder, he runs 68 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, but man, uh yeah, Adam Gase is a disturbed, disturbed psychopath. We gave him the benefit of the doubt longer than most people. You know, a lot of people made fun of the Jets. You know, it's, oh, we went six and two down the stretch last year. It's against a bad team. doesn't matter. Maybe some of those people were a little bit right, you know. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we're not the ones to discount. You know, you, you, you beat who they put in front of you. And we were, you know, we're happy to win those football games. And, you know, we, we never want to lose. Uh, even this week, I don't trust the Jets to fire him. You know, I just don't. So, you know, unless the, I, I don't think if the Jets lose like a close game, they're going to fire him. I just don't see it. I don't know. So I'm going to root for them to win. I just want Sam Donald to play well. You know, I, I'm not sitting here saying the Jets are going to make the playoffs now. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Jets win this football game and they get the Calvary back week five. And I just want I want Sam to have some confidence. I, I'm not – I can't sit here and look at these fucking losers on Twitter you know, be accountable. Like, if you're going to have the take, you have to be accountable for your takes. If you say something in the summer, two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that Sam Darnold is the truth and the savior of this organization, and then you come this week and you're tweeting like, ha, 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 fuck Sam, I want Trevor Lawrence. Like, Sam sucks, Sam sucks. And you can't understand that Sam Darnold's playing with six string wide receivers, backup tackles, backup running backs, you know, with Adam Gaze as his play caller, with with a dirty, dirty head coach play caller, there's just nothing to do. It's you can see it in the game film. You know, are there times where Sam is pressing and makes? You know, does he make a thousand percent the right decision? No. Is he has he played incredibly well? No. I think he played fine week two. You know, week one I think he was poor and he was clearly poor last week. But man, you know, there's a, there's a difference between making excuses and just the reality. You have to take into account the reality. And you can't just say, oh, you know, Nick Mullins had a good week against the Giants. Or like, what? Like, I don't know what the fuck. What am I reading? You just have to, you have to understand that we grew up and everyone grows up and everybody works with people that aren't self-aware. And they're the ones that came back from summer camp and said that they hooked up with five different girls. They're just people that will never go through life being self-aware and get it. You could have had high hopes for Darnold and you could be very disappointed with how he's been this year. And you could want Trevor Lawrence. You can want all of that. But if you flip on a dime, that yes. that's not being accountable no. and and just yeah. stand by it 
The take that I'm okay with is that if the Jets have the first pick, it's hard to pass up on Trevor Lawrence because he's a generational talent. Is the take I'm okay with, and you're not an asshole for thinking that. Correct. To be clear. But, again, you know, when you're in the summer, this summer, saying that Sam Donald's the truth and posting highlight videos of Sam doing cool things because he does cool things. He's a very talented quarterback. And then – three weeks into the season when he saddled again with sixth string wide receivers, backup running back, backup tackles, you know, the worst coach in football, according to everyone, what is going on? What, why, why are you, why are these people advocating for, why are they saying Sam sucks? You have to watch the game. It's a quick game. It's a quick, quick game. If Sam Darnold is, if the play call is, we're going to run double comebacks on the outsides with fucking Josh Malone and Lawrence Cager, which is fine. Adam Gates has to call a play. I'm not blaming Adam Gates for that play call. But if that's the play call and Darnold has two seconds to execute it and, you know, you, you throw a timing route to fucking practice squad wide receiver, maybe he gets picked off, you know? Come on. Look, I'm with you. What is going I just, on? I just – I'm more sad and I'm just fine ignoring those people. I know it's hard to do. I think – A lot of people – for sure. And Darnold needs to play better. People can be upset. They don't take into Sure. But it, is it possible? Is it literally possible for what, what could Darnold have done last week? Maybe throw the ball away a couple more times. Like, you know, the red zone pick, I think he had earned it open in, in that play. I see what I think that was just a really good play by Xavier Rhodes. The two pick sixes are frustrating to me because they're, you know, bad reads, but there's just no, there's no trust. There's no continuity. There's no semblance of a, it's not a number one receiver. It's a number seven receiver that he's throwing these, you know, these out routes to like, what? there's just not, there's just nothing there. I think Sam made a couple really, he made two bad throws. He made one throw over the middle to Hogan. He missed at the end of the first half. Oh, and yeah. then they did, they, then they hooked, he hooked up with Berrios for like a 30 yard play. That was a penalty. They took the penalty away and he missed Herndon right before the half on like a seven yard out route. Uh, yeah, and then and, you, and then when times your quarterback maybe isn't that sharp and he's dealing with new new weapons, you need weapons. You need guys like Ryan Griffin not to drop a wide open third down catch to move the sticks. You just need guys to step up and make plays. My question is for the current Jets team. You brought it up before. Who do you root for? You root for Darnold to play well. You root for Quinn and maybe to get some pressures, even though he played half of the snaps in yesterday's game. You want Becton obviously to play well. And Mims, I'm looking at the defense. Who on the defense am I rooting for th- throughout the game? Maybe Marcus May, bless Austin. It's just, like, the defense yesterday, was, obviously oh, Phil fine. Rivers is a, is a great and potential Hall of Fame quarterback, but every receiver is open by five yards. Every run is an eight-yard run. Every, it just everything felt weird on defense yesterday. As much as you can shit on Adam Gates, I think he, you know, he's a horrible coach, but Greg Williams does not look great to start the year with, with a defense that is majority healthy, which is – a, yeah. a, a topic we talk about a lot and the offensive has been plagued by injuries and you got to hope the defense can sack up and play tough and they've been in the field a lot but at a, at a point you can't have guys running without a player within 10 yards you can't it's have it happen them, the, that's the reason they're on the field so much because they don't get off the field ever there's no pressure there's no anything they don't force a turnover fucking Terrell Basham dropped that pick which in turn goes right back to Sam Darnold well, I was watching the Seahawks-Cowboys game yesterday. The Seahawks uh, uh, forced a turnover on, like, the eight-yard line. Russell Wilson throws a touchdown. 
Could that ever happen to the Jets? No. They put Sam on the seven. They keep fair catching punts on the seven yard line and making him go 93 yards against the Colts defense with Braxton Berrios and fucking Frank Gore. It's nauseating. And then I have to hear it. Darnold sucks. Darnold sucks. There's yeah, no help. Yeah. We're good. This is good for us to vent and talk about it. Frustrated. I think the Very people that listen to this podcast and the people that really do follow us on Twitter get that and they get where we're coming from we can disagree and be civil about it it's just very a lame and not knowledgeable take just to just say sam darnold's terrible but what i'm frustrated with uh, pff we i don't want to get into because it's an absolute sham and an embarrassment of a website not only are their analytical stats backwards for most people that actually review nfl players to to openly attack a player which is the first time i've ever seen them do that who they just highly respected the week before is unprofessional. It's embarrassing and it's, it's a shame. So PFF can properly go fuck yourself. Cause you have no idea what you're talking about. What's frustrating to me is the rookies that the jets drafted this year. Every single one of them has showed up on an injury report, except for Braden Mann and James Morgan. So Beckton, obviously, hopefully, you know, he could play this Thursday. They'll probably be safe and, and set him an extra week to give him that, that long rest. But Mims out, Davis now out. Zuniga hasn't stepped on the field. Pirine just came back, but he's been out and he hasn't been getting a lot of touches. Morgan, a, a pick that if they knew Mike White was going to be this good in camp, they probably wouldn't have taken a quarterback there. Morgan, not, not active on any game. Cameron Clark, IR. Bryce Hall, COVID IR. You know, Braden Man's the only one out there playing. It's, it's a terrifying feeling that you're not able to evaluate your 2020 draft class and you're not able to evaluate your quarterback with your healthy offense. It's scary times right now. It's the worst case scenario for this team. For sure. For This is absolute, absolute worst case. If you would have said the Jets are 0-3, played a couple close games, you know, I mean, obviously anything is better than this. It's very demoralizing to have no faith, especially in the coaching staff at all. I saw a lot of people tweeting videos of Darnold on the sideline with his head down and Gase is nowhere to be seen. No one's talking to him. No one's coaching him. Where are you? Where are you? Josh McCown, someone tweeted out, like, Josh McCown would have been next to him the entire time. Who's next to him? Is is it Dowell Loggins is going to be the one to cheer him up after a play? Like, what does Flacco up to? They have 17 quarterbacks. He can't go talk to Sam Darnold. And it's just ridiculous, too, because all the reports came out. If you hadn't seen it, week two – 49ers coming to town 15 minutes before pregame. 49ers are running up and down the sideline, listening to music, high-fiving, getting ready to go. And if you look at the Jets' sideline, they're walking, moping around, heads down. I don't care who you are playing at home. Home opener, you have to be alive after you had a lifeless week one game. And what do they do? Give an 80-yard touchdown the first play. This team has no energy and no life, and I blame Adam Gates and this entire coaching staff. They're not a real NFL football team. Greg Williams included. Again, you, ta- you, ta- you said it. The defense is not injured. I don't understand, too. So, you know, obviously Jamal Adams was here last year, and he's not now. That is the one big difference from this team to last year on defense, where the Jets are the ninth DVOA in the NFL last year on defense. So, you know, Jamal Adams is a fantastic player. But Marcus May has been fine. Where? What is the difference? What, you know, last year, the same thing. Like, something that comes to mind, I think, immediately. Bless Austin and Pierre Desir have not played well. Last year was Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts. I mean, so could it be that that bad? You know, I, I don't think our middle linebacker play has been, is, has been bad. 
But last year it was just, it was Neville Hewitt and James Burgess. This year it's Neville Hewitt and Avery Williamson. What is the difference? You know, I'm not saying the Jets should have even a top 10 defense, but it's not competitive. The, the, everyone marches up and down the field, multiple, multiple 10 play drives a game, you know, letting up, you know, 21, 21, 17 points in the first half this year for three games. Like we've talked about, we never had a lead. Of course, that has something to do with the offense as well. But I mean, maybe that calls it Sam Darnold to press in times where he gets the ball for 18 minutes a game. It's a, it's a frustrating circle that we're in and it doesn't get easier because you're, you're facing a Denver team who's flying West to East on a short week at home. You have to win that game. If you do not win, the Cardinals look like a completely different team playing football than the Jets do. The Chargers might be an okay game, but you have to fly all the way across country. Then you have Bills, Chiefs, Patriots. This team is is on a, a crash course, and it's the NFL. Anybody can win any given Sunday. But this team has shown a, a 0% probability to beat any of those teams. Well, if the they only don't... thing is, the difference is you're going to get guys back. So, But with this coaching staff, you just don't feel confident in any game. I don't feel like Adam Gaze is going to put – anyone in a position to do what they need to do to win a football game. And, it, and I, I hate, like, I don't agree with the narrative that, oh, everywhere Adam Gase goes, everyone gets injured. But guess what? Everywhere Adam Gase goes, everybody gets injured. Is it a fluke? Is it an anomaly? Or what is it? Because I swear to God, I, you thought it couldn't get worse than last year. You're missing your entire draft class, your number one receiver, your star running back. It's an absolute joke what he's done to this organization. It's, it set them back not only a few years, if they somehow are, are okay with moving off Darnold and they don't get a guy like Lawrence or Fields, what the hell is going to happen to this well, then, team? Well, then Joe Douglas is, is just wrong. There's no, uh, so, so this brings me to one of my, the, the things I'm very passionate about. For, for the people saying to draft Lawrence, how could, you, how could you not take Trevor Lawrence with the first pick? I will tell you exactly how. What you do is very obvious, is trade the pick back, hopefully a couple spots, if not farther, and just and, and you will have a historic amount of draft capital. The Jets already have two first-rounders next year, two first-rounders the year after, and a second-round pick each year. If you have the first pick, you and, and it's Trevor Lawrence comes out of college, you will get maybe three ones for it, like, like a massive, massive haul. Yeah. You know, remember what the Rams traded – uh, for Robert Griffin, the, the Rams traded the, yep. for, the pick to the Redskins that, and they took Robert Griffin the third. It was the second pick because Andrew Luck came out that year. But, I mean, or was that, what was that, Mariota? Who was the number one? Who no, was you're one right. right. It, was luck, it, was it was Luck than Griffin. But yeah. to your point, that pick is so valuable. And maybe we, we are normal people. If we evaluate Darnold with a healthy roster – and we're just like this guy. We love him to death. He's great, and we just he just doesn't do it consistently enough. And we see enough of Lawrence. Mike and I are probably still going to want to trade the pick, but we're going to understand every single thing that comes with that. The yeah. thing about trading that pick is you don't, not only if Darnell can show life throughout the year and just Adam Gase's play calling, and in in the perfect scenario, Darnell has a great comeback year. The Jets go two and fourteen, three and thirteen. Darnell plays his ass off. Everyone knows he's a guy. They lose a few one score games. You trade that pick for a haul, and you're a completely different team. You're the rebuilding like the Colts did, but guess what? You have more ones, and you actually have a quarterback instead of Jacoby Brissett. Well, have 
it, we have an incredible amount of picks. The, so, the, so we, again, to reiterate, are Jets fans first, Sam Darnold supporters second. Obviously, we want the Jets to win football games. I don't want to sit through a six-year rebuild. I don't want to sit through a five-year rebuild. I, you know, Joe Douglas is methodical bullshit already. I'm getting tired of it, even though it's probably, you know, it's good. I want a GM who looks into the future and is not, you know, I'm not mad that he didn't sign Clowney. I'm not mad at these certain things. You know, at the time, you, know, so you could make an argument for, you know, one way or the other, but the best the way for the Jets to get good and do it fast and do it the right way is to get a really high pick here. And if you have the number one pick and trade, trade back and get a haul for it, again, you have historic draft capital that you could surround your 23-year-old quarterback with um, an incredible roster. And the Jets have so many holes. They have so many holes on this team. This is not a very good roster. And we haven't really seen it at you know, full strength, but I thought the defense was going to be better coming into the year. And it's just not. So the Jets have a lot of holes. I want to fill those holes with, with a lot of good picks, but instead we're going to use our best asset to take a guy at a position where we already believe in a young player. is very, very frustrating to me. Very frustrating. Yeah, and, and Joe Douglas and Adam Gates were speaking highly of, of Darnold. Two of them got there. They came here because of Sam Darnold. I don't think – I think the belief that they aren't tied to him is a false narrative. Obviously, well, Joe, Joe Douglas might not be. Joe well, Douglas, Joe Douglas can, right? Joe Douglas can be. But when you come out publicly and say, oh, I promise his parents I'm going to do everything I can to protect him, maybe, maybe Joe Douglas, you do this. Maybe after you've ruined his confidence by not surrounding him with adequate weapons, you come out and say, Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the New York Jets for the, the long term. You don't – right? If things change, you can move off that statement. The Cardinals did it with Josh Rosen, and they did it over an offseason. But that vote of confidence that Darnold, God forbid you stand up and instead of letting the media and pro football focus and the fans trash him, Adam Gase, take some accountability. Say, you know what? I didn't call a good game. Sam didn't execute on a few plays, but guess what? He's our quarterback, and he's going to be for a long time. Joe Douglas, come out and say it. You're allowed to do that during the season. Christopher Johnson, come out and say it. Do you think it's fun to have Darnold get ripped up and down by the media and then put him out there in a primetime game with Josh Malone and Lawrence Cager? It's not right. And they're ruining him in front of our eyes. Everyone, it seems, brainwashed because when the players get asked questions, it's always their fault and it's never on Gase. And when Gase asks questions, it's always on the players. So it's a type of accountability that I just can't live with as a football team. Being a fan is sickening. I In, in no realm... Of, of any stretch of imagination did I think this season was going to pan out like it did. I thought Darnold was going to show everyone, even in spite of Adam Gase and the weapons, that he is just an absolute stud quarterback. And it's tough to see him, to see him have a, a tough three weeks. Agree again, but that's with our normal team. That wasn't supposed to be that great on paper. This is an impossible situation. I cannot believe I have to watch, again, Sam Darnold play football with this offense, while you know Josh Allen is going and tearing up with Stephon Diggs and John Brown and this new revamped offensive line and 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 Sean McDermott, like it's it's just so unfair. And Baker Mayfield, the same draft class, is playing with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, uh, the the kickmaster fucking uh, Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper. They have they signed the offensive lineman Jack Conklin from Tennessee. They drafted Wills as well. I mean, these teams are, are in gear doing what they're supposed to be doing with a quarterback on its rookie deal. What are we doing? Having another retread, oh, let's draft this quarterback. Let's tank for this quarterback. 
Keep your quarterback. Build a real team around him. One time. Build a team. What the hell? And then, you know what else is frustrating? I'll tweet out a video of, like, 2009, Mark Sanchez doing something cool. And everyone will say, oh, man, like, look at that roster. We had a cool offensive line. We had a nice receiver, whatever. And then that same, you know, maybe that same person will tweet out, Sam sucks. Can you not see the difference? I'm not talking – again, for the 10,000th time, if Sam Darnold was playing the way he's playing with the roster that is supposed to be playing – that's Jamison Crowder, Rashad Perryman, Denzel Mims. Again, Mikai Becton, George Fant, Le'Veon Bell. Not the greatest roster in the NFL, you know, but NFL players. NFL players where you could see if Sam is the blind. Guys aren't timing correctly. You know, if Sam is throwing these pick sixes to, when the real team is there, then we can have this conversation. I'm all ears, but for you to ignore the fact that Sam Darnold is trying to throw comeback routes to Josh Malone being guarded by Xavier Rhodes, it doesn't make sense. It's not the same. It's out of the realm of possibility. It's an impossible situation, and I have a lot of I have trouble abandoning my quarterback after watching what he's been put through. No, I I agree. I just what what's tough is the narrative completely changes if the red zone pick turns into an incompletion or a touchdown and, and they tackle that second pick six and they throw the ball a little more times and get more than 40 yards. You could look at a game of him having 220 yards, 65% completion, two touchdowns, two picks and say, all right, he did that with a shit team. But then you get the two pick sixes, you get the red zone interception and you, you just feel sorry for Sam Darnold. And that I swear to God, I couldn't, it took me a while to go to bed last night because I just kept thinking about, that that face on the sideline. I'm like, how the hell did we get to this point to ruin this kid? It, I, never it, thought, I never thought we get to this point. I never it's thought a get terrifying to this point feeling because everything had to go so so wrong for it to get to this point. Right. You know what? What all all that Joe Douglas had to do was get him one real receiver, one real receiver. And I'm not even talking about Robbie Anderson. Like if Joe Douglas. You can build for the future. You can do whatever you want. You could be, you know, Joe Douglas might think to himself, I don't know. I don't think this team's going to be so good. Let's use all of our resources for the future. Fine. But to destroy your young quarterback is not the way to do it. It's just not the way to do it. Especially if his disturbed plan is to draft Trevor Lawrence or someone else, because then you're just wasting the asses that you've compiled. What is the point? Time is a flat circle. What are we going to put? Trevor Lawrence next year and then have who as our number some asshole, you know, we'll, we'll pick this third receiver of the Falcons as our number one. We'll pick Russell Gage and make him our number one receiver. Like what is the plan to just, I, I, it's, it can't be. If, if, the, if somehow it is known that Joe Douglas was punting and wanted Lawrence on this entire season, once we were started, Oh, and one, Oh, and two, it can't be. But if that it were to happen, be. I would, it would be World War Three. I don't think I, I could do this podcast I, anymore. I agree. I, I just think Joe Douglas needed to have more of a contingency plan in place. I don't think he anticipated the first five receivers getting hurt. And maybe, like we, like we asked for, we just wanted to evaluate Sam with a normal NFL roster. I guess that was Joe's plan. But, man, if he just got, like, what if he got A.J. Green or Allen Robinson or something? Like, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it's a lot to ask for, but it's – 
at least it gives you a shot. It gives you a chance to see what this man is before. You, what are you going to upend the whole franchise again and go through the whole rookie thing again? A new coach, a new rookie quarterback. Then we and then year one, they don't click. Oh, we can't yeah. wait for year two when he's in the office for the second yeah. year. And then year oh. two comes and every player gets hurt. And then Christopher Johnson thinks they're a genius. It's yeah. a, All of this is 2025. It's 2025. We wasted our Hall of Picks. Instead, you should keep Sam. Even if, again, so we don't have to literally get the first pick. Let's say we have like the second or third pick. We could draft that Sewell, the offensive tackle. We could draft Jamar Chase. We can get a sick killer. We have another first-round pick from the Seahawks. We have another second-round pick then. And then we have $100 million in cap space. That's how you build a sick team with some continuity. At the quarterback position, you can't have continuity with the coach, though. Adam Gase is done. He's a lost cause, of course. But you, you build around your guy. You build around your guy. I, can't, I, cannot, I cannot stand it. If, I cannot believe we're at this point. If I was able to lock Joe Douglas in a room, just me and him, and he said to me, Matt, Sam Darnold is 1,000% going to be the quarterback in 2021, even with the first overall pick, we are not even considering taking Trevor Lawrence. I would be the happiest man alive. I would yes. just feel so much more comfortable with this front office moving forward. There's a Rex Chapman guy who gets every player from the Colts the team that just steamrolled us. I guess he didn't get every player from the Colts because I think we have 13 ex Colts on our team, which is ridiculous. Like 11, something stupid. Henry Anderson, get off my team. Ryan Griffin, get off my team. So many of these guys I just don't want to root for. It's crazy hard to root for some of them. Like, I like Plus Austin. I root for him when I, when I but God, if he misses one more tackle, I'm going to freak out. It's just, it just I can't. I thank God we play Thursday night because I, I I can't. I just want to get this game and watch Sam play well. And in the worst case, we lose. Gates has to be gone Friday morning. And you give. I wouldn't even give Greg Williams a head coach. I'd keep him on defense and and have him rebuild that unit and continue to try to get him to play hard. And I give it to Brant Boyer. And I would let him lead this team. Say we have new energy, new life. We're not going to go out and lose by 30 points every week. And then give Jim Bob Cooter the play calling. Because having him be a running back coach, what the fuck is Jim Bob Cooter going to teach Le'Veon Bell and Michael Piron? I don't like these coaches. You don't have to play the position to be a position coach. But God, maybe Jim Bob Cooter isn't the best running back coach. This whole, I, I, oh my God. I went through the Jets coaching staff. The other day, the one kid, the one guy looks like he's 22 years old. He's like a three-year offensive assistant. What the hell is he going to do for this team? I'm just, I'm tired of it all. It's, it's very tiring. Bad. It's very frustrating. This was good though. I'm we need sick of this. the fans. I'm sick. I'm sick of a lot of the fans. And, and it is what it is. Look, you, I just want more accountability out of people and less extremism. Because so an example of this. I love Jets fans. I'm sick of a, a subsect of fans that are bothering me. Something that is bothering me very much. So for you, with Gase. Adam Gase, we are at the point where it is the correct take to hate him. Correct. And it is the boiling point. We are not at the point to hate Sam Darnold. And I, and it's just, it's just obvious. It's just very obvious there are, you know, we've, I've said 10,000 times so far on this show, this episode, why I think Sam was in an impossible situation the last two weeks. I don't want to say it again, how he, it's not going to work to throw 
these certain routes against, you know, all pro corners with seventh, seventh string and eighth string wide receivers. So I just wish there was more level headedness. I understand when people are upset, but be upset at the right people. Be upset at Adam Gase, you know? But there, there's times, too, that on Twitter, I tweeted out, end of August, the Jets are going to compete this year. I don't care who's hurt. We're going to compete. We're going to play hard, and we're going to have a chance to fight for the wild card spot. A day ago, someone pulled up that tweet, and they said, you know nothing about football. You're an embarrassment. Do I reply to it? No. I see a Bills fan, the happy Passover joke I made. said, how's that joke look now? Not great. Do I respond to it? No, there, there's things on Twitter that I just can't let it affect me because I'm already too affected by the game. But Mike, there are a few types of Jet fans. There are the old fans that it's the poor us, same old Jets. They haven't really watched a, a, a game, a real season in a decade. They're just the old fans that say, poor us, poor me. It's fun to joke around with the Jets. That's one set of groups. A lot of them aren't even on Twitter. Then you have the young fans who really, you know, <laughs> still in high school and elementary school. And these are for like the, the ones that just aren't focusing on the Jets. This is not compartmentalizing all of the groups together. But you have the young fans that know nothing besides, oh, I want a new quarterback every year. I don't understand. It's like us when we want to draft Matt Liner over Shaw Ferguson. We just, we, they don't know enough about how to build a winning culture. And then you have the fans in the middle, the fans that really care. They watch the games and they have different viewpoints. You are allowed to like Trevor Lawrence, but, and we can understand that, but you have to get where we're coming from. And there's that middle group that I care about. I don't care if you're the oh, same old Jets poor us, and I don't care if you're the draft a quarterback every year person because they're all over Twitter, and you probably listen to podcasts, and all I'm asking you to do is be rational, let the games play out, and in the offseason, let's kill each other and figure out what we want to do with the draft pick and what we want to do in free agency. But right now, I can't get bothered about a 12-year-old tweeting at me that Sam Darnold's terrible and they made their account a month ago. I, I just I can't I don't respond to it because I know that we are are smarter fans and like I said before, I'm not generalizing. There's been 65-year-olds that are great Jet fans. They have great takes. I have there's 12-year-olds who love Sam Darnold. They have good takes and I love it. But you know what I'm saying that there's that extreme group that you just can't let them affect you. That's what I'm annoyed at. It was well yeah. said. No, well it, said. We, we're doing a really good job. This this is a good discussion. I think this is probably one of the best podcasts we've had of staying on a train of thought, making sure that we're giving the facts out there and, and stating strong opinions that are based on fact. I think this is probably one of the best podcasts we've done yet. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's, it's very important. This is, there's just, you're right. There's a, a big variety of, a large variety of takes out there that are just wild, wild takes. But it's important to, again, think about what you're, what you're saying and understanding why certain things are happening, understanding where Joe Douglas is coming from. That's the one thing that is bothering me the, to a, that I just don't know about this year. I don't know what Joe Douglas is thinking. Like you said, all I want is some security at the quarterback position. We think we have the guy. And in that case – to use your best asset on another guy is just not the right football decision for me, which I think is bad for the Jets, which is not me blindly defending Sam, is not you blindly defending Sam, and that is what is very, very frustrating to me. Moving on from Sam is not the solution here. I agree. Building a better roster, you have the assets to do it. Getting Adam Gase as far away from our team as possible. Get him out. (laughs) 
are are so Fuck so important here. and Sam Darnold is not the problem. That's how I feel. Yes. And with that, if you have made it this far, all right, I'm sure you probably jumped around a lot. Thank you again for listening to the ninth episode of the Broadway Jets podcast. We've had Connor Hughes, Michael Nania, Joe Cap, Connor Rogers, Robbie Sabo, star cast. The first five guests we've had have all been killers. And I think they are great followers because I think they have different opinions and different viewpoints in the Jets, but they're usually based on fact. And we definitely don't agree all the time, but, but God, it's been a, a great nine episode run so far. We'll try to do one or two a week for a year and then we'll see where it goes. I don't know. There's not a lot to do in the off season, but this has been a good start and we'll be sure to be back Friday evening, probably for a recap of the, the Thursday night game against Denver. Anything else, Mike? No, I, I, I'm simmered down. Let's I, go kid. All right. We're back. We're back. We're going to win Thursday. We're going to win Thursday. We're going we're we're to make the goddamn playoffs. All right, Mike. Second down eight. and eight. Back in the nice block at the left tackle. Up the middle they come. Gets away from Cobra Stewart. Hit again. Gets away from Danico Autry. And throws. And it's a touchdown caught by Berrios. 